Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the June 10th edition of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1262 to 1274 of the Catechism. 7. The Grace of Baptism. The different effects of baptism are signified by the perceptible elements of the sacramental rite. Immersion in water symbolizes not only death and purification, but also regeneration and renewal. Thus, the two principal effects are purification from sins and new birth in the Holy Spirit. For the forgiveness of sins, 1263. By baptism, all sins are forgiven, original sin and all personal sins, as well as punishment for sin. In those who have been reborn, nothing remains that will impede their entry into the kingdom of God, neither Adam's sin nor personal sin, nor the consequences of sin, the gravest of which is separation from God. 1264. Yet certain temporal consequences of sin remain in the baptized, such as suffering, illness, death, and such frailties inherent in life as weakness of character and so on, as well as an inclination to sin that tradition calls concupiscence, or metaphorically the tinder for sin, fomes picate. Since concupiscence is left for us to wrestle with, it cannot harm those who do not consent but manfully resisted by the grace of Jesus Christ. Indeed, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. A new creature. 1265. Baptism not only purifies from all sins, but also makes the neophyte a new creature, an adopted son of God, who has become a partaker of the divine nature, member of Christ and co-heir with him, and a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1266. The Most Holy Trinity gives the baptized sanctifying grace, the grace of justification, enabling them to believe in God, to hope in him, and to love him through the theological virtues, giving them the power to live and act under the promptings of the Holy Spirit through the gift of the Holy Spirit, allowing them to grow in goodness through the moral virtues. Thus the whole organism of the Christian's supernatural life has its roots in baptism incorporated into the church, the body of Christ. 1267. Baptism makes us members of the body of Christ. Therefore, we are members of one another. Baptism incorporates us into the church. From the baptismal font is born the one people of God, of the new covenant, which transcends all the natural or human limitations of nations, cultures, races and sexes. For by one spirit we are all baptized into the one body. 1268. The the baptized have become living stones to be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. By baptism they share in the priesthood of Christ, in his prophetic and royal mission. They are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that they may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called them out of darkness into his marvellous light. Baptism gives a share in the common priesthood of all believers. 1269. Having become a member of the church, the baptized person belongs no longer to himself, but to him who died and rose for us. From now on, he is called to be subject to others, to serve them in the communion of the church and to obey and submit to the church's leaders, holding them in respect and affection. Just as baptism is the source of responsibilities and duties, the baptized person also enjoys rights within the church to receive the sacraments, to be nourished with the word of God, and to be sustained by other spiritual helps of the church. 
12.70 Reborn as sons of God, the baptized must profess before men the fact, the faith that they have received from God through the church and participate in the apostolic and missionary activity of the people of God. The sacramental bond of the unity of Christians. 12.71 Baptism constitutes the foundation of communion among all Christians, including those who are not yet in full communion with the Catholic Church. For men who believe in Christ and have been properly baptised are put are put in some, though, though imperfect, communion with the Catholic Church. Justified by faith and baptism, they are incorporated into Christ and they therefore have a right to be called Christians and, with good reason, are accepted as brothers and children of the Catholic Church. Baptism therefore constitutes the sacramental bond of unity existing among all who, through it, are reborn. An indelible mark, incorporation 1272, incorporated into Christ by baptism, the person baptised is configured to Christ. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark, character, of his belonging to Christ. No sin can erase this mark, even if sin prevents baptism from bearing fruit, the fruits of salvation. Given once for all, baptism cannot be repeated. 1273. Incorporated into the church by baptism, the faithful have received the sacramental character that consecrates them for the Christian religious worship. The baptismal seal enables and commits Christians to serve God by vital participation in the holy liturgy of the church and to exercise their baptismal priesthood by witness of holy lives and practical charity. 1274. The Holy Spirit has marked us with the seal of the Lord, Dominicus character. For the day of redemption, baptism indeed is the seal of eternal life. The faithful Christian, who has kept the seal until the end, remaining faithful to the demands of his baptism, will be able to depart this life with the sign of faith, with his baptismal faith in expectation of the blessed vision of God, the consummation of faith and in hope of the resurrection. Okay, again, a very rich section from the Catechism speaking about the grace of baptism. What does baptism do? And I suppose on one level we have to say the main thing that baptism does is it incorporates us into the church. It brings us into this divine life, which entails the two other, uh, the two other main effects. Obviously, the forgiveness of sins and it uh, makes of us a new creature. It, it recreates us, it refashions us, it, uh, it helps us to, to be better people. This is what baptism does. It, and this is a grace. This is not something that we, in a sense, baptism, yes, is a tool that we can use to be better people, but also it contains within it the grace to use the tool, the strength to use the tool. Again, it's, it's all linked. It must produce fruit. Our baptism must produce fruit. It has to produce fruit in order for it to be alive. Although, yes, obviously it's possible to be baptized and to reject it, unfortunately. People can be baptized and oftentimes it happens that somebody has been baptized as an infant and then reject Christianity altogether. And again, we won't get into this here, but that this is, um, this is always a possibility. But if we are to use our baptism, again, the grace to use it is given by the baptism itself, given by the Lord. He helps us to implement the baptism we have received so that our sins may be forgiven. The sins are forgiven, obviously, at the moment of baptism. So anything you've done, you know, if somebody was a mass murderer 
and uh, he was baptized, all of his sins would be forgiven. All of them. You know, and this is, uh, again, this is an important aspect of baptism, this forgiveness of sins. Obviously, it doesn't count for future sins. Anything he does after he's baptized, I'm afraid that's, uh, that, that's another issue that uh, will have to be dealt with. Uh, and then to continue to say that, the, um, that baptism um, makes of us a new creature. It makes us, it gives us a new way of being. Now, I suppose part of the thing that people often wonder about is the fact that baptism, um, yes, it doesn't make us, it doesn't make us perfect. It doesn't make us indelible. All of us have this tendency to sin, these fomes peccate, this concupiscence, which is a tendency, a weakness towards sin. Again, some of the Protestants use concupiscence in a different way as an obligation towards sin. That isn't true. But you have a tendency towards sin that you have not an obligation. It's not that you're forced to sin. If you're forced to sin, it wouldn't be culpable because it wouldn't be a human act. But if you have this tendency, you have this weakness, you have this propensity, this um, this desire to do what is wrong, you know, this is this is who we are. Sometimes there is what in Ireland we call divilment in us that you see your sister's hair and you want to pull it. This is who we are. We have this. Root within us, and again, I use the, the the pulling your sister's hair, not to use other examples. That all of us have these weaknesses, these tendencies to sin, but we're not obliged to sin. This is important. We are not obliged to follow these tendencies. We can follow them, or we can leave them. We can do it or not do it. But that this baptism again is a fantastic opportunity for us to be close to the Lord, to be with Him, to be incorporated into the body of of Christ. And that baptism is something that can't be erased. It can't be taken away. And that's why it is never redone. Even if somebody, for example, has rejected the faith and comes back, they go to confession. They don't go and get baptised again. We don't re-baptise. In a sense, yes, we can renew our baptism like every year in the Easter, uh, on the Easter Vigil. There's a solemn renewal of baptism. Many times if you go to a celebration of a baby being baptised, the priest may well ask you to renew your own baptism. So yeah, we can renew the promises, but it's never redone. Baptism is something once and for all, and it has a character that is impressed on us forever. Which is why the church never gives up on people. We don't throw in the towel on anybody. Anybody can stand up again. Anybody that has fallen, no matter how deeply, can, with the grace of Christ, stand up again. And this is something very important. And the baptism, so, is the, the mother of all the sacraments, the first of all the sacraments. Without the baptism, the other sacraments don't make sense. And that's why, obviously, I mean, it's no surprise. Sometimes people were surprised by the decisions the catechism made. But I don't think anybody could possibly be surprised by the fact that it decided to treat, treat baptism as the first of the sacraments. Because it is the door to everything else. So we'll continue now just reading uh, the in brief section. In brief, 1275. Christian initiation is accomplished by three sacraments together. Baptism, which is the beginning of new life. Confirmation, which is its strengthening. And the Eucharist, which nourishes the disciple with Christ's body and blood for his transformation in Christ. 1276. Therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
1277, baptism is birthed into a new life in Christ. In accordance with the Lord's will, it is necessary for salvation, as is the church itself, which we enter by baptism. 1278, the essential rite of baptism consists in immersing the candidate in water or pouring water on his head while pronouncing the invocation of the Most Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 1279, the fruit of baptism, or baptismal grace, is a rich reality that includes forgiveness of original sin and all personal sins, birth into new life, by which man becomes an adoptive son of the Father, a member of Christ, and a temple of the Holy Spirit. By this very fact, the person baptized is incorporated into the Church, the body of Christ, and made a sharer in the priesthood of Christ. 1280. Baptism imprints on the soul an indelible spiritual sign, the character which consecrates the baptized person for Christian worship because of character. Baptism cannot be repeated. 1280. Those who die for the faith, those who are catechumens, and all those who, without knowing of the church, but acting under the inspiration of grace, seek God sincerely and strive to fulfill his will, can be saved, even if they have not been baptised. 1282. Since the earliest time, baptism has been administered to children, for it is a grace and a gift of God that does not presuppose any human merit. Children are baptised in the faith of the Church. Entry into Christian life gives access to the true freedom. 1283. With respect to children who have died without baptism, the liturgy of the Church invites us to trust in God's mercy and to pray for their salvation. 1284. In case of necessity, any person can baptise, provided they have the intention of doing what the church does, and provided that he pours water on the candidate's head while saying, I baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Very well, we'll continue tomorrow, and tomorrow we'll have numbers 1285 to 1292. God bless.